Hello and welcome to Unforzip's monthly podcast, Out Loud. My name is Ersin Toyjan, and today it gives me great pleasure to welcome three women who have organised, facilitated and participated in the Her Story for Peace initiative. The Her Story for Peace initiative is a series of workshops where women from across the divide had a chance to present and share the stories of Cypriot women, often unheard in public spaces. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my guests, Magdalene Andreo, Faika Deniz Pasha and Angeliki Gori. Ladies, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having us. My first question is for Magda, who works as a historian and a researcher at the Centre for Gender Equality and History. Magda, as a historian and a researcher, you will be able to show to our audience why it's so important to have the stories of these women told. It's often mentioned that history is written by men. Do you think that initiatives like this help reshape narratives? I believe that most historians would agree that uh, Cypriot women are rather invisible in official history writing. To offer one example, in 2016, the AHDR reviewed the history books used in schools in both communities, and they found out that among the dozens of famous people mentioned, there were only four famous women. Those were the Queen Victoria, the Queen Elizabeth, the Virgin Mary, and one Turkish female politician. I believe that the overlooking of women in history writing is sometimes intentional, but is also in many cases unintentional. For instance, in my PhD thesis, I wrote 500 pages discussing 44 years of Cyprus history, and yet I mentioned zero women. It just didn't cross my mind to wonder where are the women, or what were the women doing at that time. This is not because women were not present in the archives as studied. It is simply because I overlooked them. Another thing we tend to do in official history is to apply plans on political and military events and not pay enough attention to everyday lives of the people. This means that school children learn about the great men and the wars they fought, but end up knowing nothing about the great women and their contributions, or about the regular people and their role in the making of history. You know, when I was younger, I thought that women like my great-grandmother used to do things like needlework and weavings and embroideries out of boredom, just to pass their time and I used to look down on them for this. At the same time, I thought that men were the ones that earned all the money by doing all the serious jobs. But later on, I discovered that, for example, in 1921, there were more than 15,000 women working as embroiderers and weavers in Cyprus. I understood then that many women who did embroideries were not just passing their time, but they were indeed working hard to provide for their families. I saw my great-grandmother's work in a different light. I saw her contribution as equal to the contribution of my great-grandfather, who was a farmer. 
So judging by my personal experience, I can argue that for a woman to know her history can have a huge impact. That can either be empowering or disempowering. And this is why it is important to know our past. I believe that through this initiative, we have helped reshape the narrative because we had the chance to hear stories not only of important and recognized female historical figures, such as um, the first women who were elected in the Cyprus parliament, and the first women who were elected in the communal chambers in the 1960s. But also we had the chance to hear stories of women which you don't usually find in official history books, such as the stories of our grandmothers. And this was a very enriching experience for me. Thank you, Magda. Storytelling is a great way to capture people's attention. It's a powerful way to install information into their memories and it helps create personal bonds. As I was reading through some of the stories shared by women that participated in the workshop, I felt an array of emotions. Fika, I know you have many years of experience in advancing the gender equality, refugee rights, LGBTI rights, so you're not a stranger to emotional and powerful stories. I'm interested to learn more about your experience as the Turkish Cypriot facilitator of the project. Did you too experience similar emotions when hearing the stories? And was this a challenge? To start with, I need to underline that it really felt refreshing to work in a bicommunal team. This also, I think, helped serve to achieve our goal via not only meeting the various needs of our participants, but which were also from both sides of the divide, but also created a better learning environment as it did not limit our perceptions of history along ethnic lines. While preparing for the workshop, I really took strength from not only the achievements of women in history of Cyprus while discovering them as workshop materials, but also their struggles together as Turkish Cypriot and Greek Cypriot women as we found out about those women from the working class who set up the first women's trade unions together, fought for their rights, celebrated the 8th of March together. I think these feelings were also reflected by the participants. Our workshops were very much fun and lively as much as educative and eye-opening. We even received requests from women's groups to replicate the workshops within their own organizations. And indeed, hearing about emotional and powerful stories is something that I am unfortunately confronted with on a daily basis. On the other hand, I need to say that my involvement in these areas of human rights have been more based on service provision and advocacy. And the few workshops that I've conducted were more aimed at knowledge increase, hence they were less personalized. I think I was moved not only by the stories told by the participants in the informal conference, but also the individual stories of each participant as they surface in various activities designed to discover our own identities and stories during the initial monocommunal and bicommunal workshops that led to the conference. Then I must also admit that I was unable to hold my tears back in the conference when one of our participants, who is an architect herself, talked about the story of Cemaliye Emirali, a Turkish Cypriot sex worker who lived and worked in Nicosia and whose life, as well as death, was made invisible 
because it did not fit the patriarchal nationalist narrative. This story also displayed that we do not need to be trained historians to uncover and re-narrate our own stories, our history as women, the her story in Cyprus. Similarly, I was particularly saddened but also took strength from the struggle of another participant's grandmother whose story was told in the conference. She was one of the Turkish Cypriot girls sold to Arabs but managed to come back on the island with the help of other women, her mother's-in-laws, and married her childhood sweetheart, which is who is our party. That story for me clearly showed the power of women's solidarity across countries and across national and ethnic lines. To come back to your question, was this challenging? Like I said, when I first started talking, it was more refreshing than anything else. I think especially because it came at a time when it is difficult to find hope for peace not only in Cyprus but all over the world. So if I need to define this experience with two words, I would definitely use the words empowering and hopeful. Thank you, Faika. Now, the project is being implemented by the Centre for Gender Equality and History in collaboration with partners, including UNFASIP. I believe the project started in February 2022 and is expected to be completed in August this year. Angeliki, you specialise in human rights and gender equality and you're a volunteer at the Centre. Can you tell us about the implementation process and the impact it had on the women that participated and the wider audience? How does sharing similar experiences help bring women from the two communities together? Well, between March and June 2023, we have organized six monocommunal and four bicommunal workshops in Larnaca, Iskele, Derinha, Mausa, and Nicosia, South of North. And on the 25th of June, we had our final event where the participants were invited to present their stories. We have achieved our goal, which was to bring together Turkish Cypriot and Greek Cypriot women from different backgrounds and different ages with the aim of sharing our experiences, opinions, dreams and hopes about gender equality and peace in Cyprus. Of course, with the help of UNFISIP, we have managed to reach more than 150 women. In these workshops, through experiential and interactive activities, the women participated had the chance to turn inwards and examine their own identities and to look outwards and examine how they see each other. In addition, they were able to reflect on how all people carry prejudices, stereotypes and biases that affect the way we see ourselves and others. It is also important to note that through the exchange of knowledge and opinions between women, we encourage them to recognize their potential for change, acknowledge their history contributions, get to know themselves and value their voices. But most importantly, we encourage them to share their stories at our final event. Precisely through the final event, which, which was open to everyone, the opportunity was given to the white audience that attended to hear stories of women from Cyprus that they had never heard before and that are not very well known. Furthermore, our main goal was to create a safe space where everyone could freely express themselves. 
without the need for women to seek similarities among each other. Instead of emphasizing our similarities, we manage to feel connected through our diversity and we foster a culture of acceptance during our workshops. This culture of acceptance served as the fundamental basis for building peace. Interestingly, it was our shared commitment to creating a peaceful and safe space that actually brought women from both communities together and allowed us to build a sense of harmony and voice the stories of Cypriot women. Thank you, Angeliki. I would like to ask, do you have a website or a social media account that people can visit to learn more about the project and your initiatives? We were planning to publish most of the stories or all of the stories if we're lucky to get consent. Both the text and the videos we took from uh, the final event on our website and you can find that in www.kiif.com com.cy. We are also hoping to get some of that on our Facebook page. So you just look for us under Center for Gender Equality and History. And uh, I think you can find it all there in the near future. Thank you, Magda. Uh, my final question to you is, what's next? And do you have a message to share with our audience? Our next step is to publish the text and videos of the presentations that were made during our event and of course to exchange visits with our partners in Ireland. I would like to encourage those who have never participated in an intercommunal event to do so, as well as those who are already participating not to stop. Through such events you have the opportunity of course to learn many new things but also to meet people who may be on the other side of the divide, as well as those on your own side. By truly getting to know a person and without being fixated on superficial characteristics such as origin, religion, language, etc., you understand that these are minor details compared to the more substantial ones such as the vision for a united and a peaceful island which actually unites us all. Thank you, Angeliki. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm sure our listeners enjoyed the conversation. And that brings us to the end of this edition of our Out Loud podcast. Until next time, stay safe.